Welcome to the Stories Are Soul Food podcast, presented by Cannonball Books, the kids' fiction imprint of Cannon Press. Met a ghost of a king on the road when I first fell. Fire burning to my knees, to my knees I fell. Met a ghost of a king on the road. Here we are. This is... Very exciting is what this is. This is SASF number what? I, well, it's the very first SASF lamp. <laughs> yes, it is. But what's the number of SASFs? I believe 104. 104. The time was 104. Um, we would have done this sooner if Brian hadn't been selfish and gotten sick. Oof, it was not. Yeah, I'm back though. That's He's back. Important. He's here. <laughs> He's here. So we're doing SASF episode 104 and this is the yeah. first. This is the first lamp. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first session of the Looking at Motion Pictures Club. Yeah. Which is pretty exciting. <laughs> Should we change it to looking at moving pictures or motion pictures? I think it is moving pictures. Look at the, the look at moving pictures. pictures club. I think is that's it? what it is. Yeah. In fact, okay. I've had uh, people refer to that. I really appreciated you having us watch this moving picture. Like, so. Nice. Okay. Taking, so that must've been it. Yeah. So, so it is the looking at moving pictures club. I'm yes. glad. I'm glad we went that direction. Yeah. If we hadn't, I'd want to correct course and yeah. go that direction. Right. I do think the branding has been lamp only without the k on the end. Which is, which is good. I think club is extraneous. It's right. like the, so we say the, that doesn't need to be in the branding, right. nor does club because it could be society. It could yep. be league. The, look, mm -hmm. the looking at moving pictures league, a lample. <laughs> <laughs> That's better. <laughs> That's much better. Lample. Lample. Although lamp, yeah. this, this, the lamp is nice. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, here we are. And we could, we could change it to looking at moving pictures club experience. And then it'd be lamps, but, oh. with, a, but with a CE. Yeah. I mean, that would be tricky. The experience is pretty nice. Yeah. That's a good word. <laughs> that, enough for now. Enough. It's lamp. It's lamp. You can let us know now. what you think when you subscribe to our mailing list, which people are doing now. Oh, nice. At the very least, it's lamp. We know that. Yeah. Whatever comes after, it's yep. lamp. Yep. I don't, I don't know why this happens to us. It's happened with SASF, and now it is happening again with lamp. And somehow we just fall down the acronym rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> stories are soul food. Yeah. And stories are soul food is now looking at moving pictures. Right. Together with all of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do we want to start with the audience feedback or did you have some opening? I, I you know, we had, I thought we had a, one of my favorite questions I got was that um, from Amanda when she said, my husband and I watched this together. Husband feels sorry for Bert, but Bert just makes me want to throw something. If we want to talk about the movie, but we've already sort of chosen teams, did we watch it wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've, you've watched it wrong. And uh, yeah. I think that's, you know, I'm trying to decide who do we talk about? Do we talk about Sammy or his parents? Well, first, what I want to do is I want to say, Brian Cole, what'd you think? Um, I'm, I'm the one who made you watch this. So, yeah. what'd you think? I really enjoyed it. I, th movie. I think it was an extremely human movie and yeah. that there was no moment where I, yeah. And, and especially for Spielberg, it was not, it's his first coming of age movie kind of, or at least the one that's just coming of age. Yeah. And, and that's, that felt so real to me, all of it. Yeah. And in fact, early on in the movie, almost too real, uh, like so uncomfortable as you're yeah. watching where this is going yeah. through the eyes of an eight-year-old. You yep. know, those are tough, those are tough scenes. And I think that is where you got a lot of people thinking, Ooh, this is uncomfortable, but, yeah. but, but, uh, that's the point. Such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. And then of course the cinematography and the way that it is about movies as art 
and how do you make a movie and how, how does art affect being human? And then especially how do our own parents interaction with that? How does that affect yeah. you? You know, your yeah. peers. I mean, it felt to me so complete at first as it's, you're heading into it, you think, is this just a totally wandering random story? And then just all yeah, the elements not become all. complete. Not at all. By the end of it. Yeah. So what are the, let's, let's start by just hitting some of the first audience questions, some of the best questions and I'll kind of yeah. do my reaction to it. Well, I think a big question is how much of this, of the film is Steven Spielberg's actual life events and how much is fictionalized. And a lot of people had that question, but I don't think that question matters. No, it doesn't matter. And it does, uh, it doesn't matter for the story. It doesn't matter for the art. Mm. Uh, it matters for the historicity of Steven Spielberg's childhood. Right. And I would say just knowing how movies work, I would say that it's probably all from his childhood. Yeah. And that it's overwhelmingly, uh, this is a guess though, be overwhelmingly collage work, the compression of timelines, juxtaposition of elements that what you're, what you're seeing is like a, an honest thematic and impressionistic exploration of his childhood, as opposed to a chronological and detailed, right? Like factual and not, not factually true, but, uh, impressionistically and thematically true. And Rogan, Rogan's character was asking, or asked, he said, I asked Steven, I would always ask him, did this happen? And he'd always say yes. So like the moments and the characters, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, down to the level of that one kid in that he casts in his world war two movie. Is yeah, the, who got the bully from his childhood who starts crying? Yeah, you know, that he, he just broke him down with his directing and got <laughs> yeah. him fully in this emotional method place. <laughs> he just walks that's off. A, that's into such the a desert. great scene. Such yeah. a great scene. So, um, yeah, okay, that part doesn't matter. What but else do I we do have? think that's pretty confusing, or I think it is important to know. Hey, that doesn't matter. You should mm -hmm. try not to focus on did this happen to real Stephen? Yeah, it's did it happen to real Stephen? Does not matter. I think it it is a you have to deal with the art as artifact itself, self contained. What is it doing? And then if you want to explore the surrounding, you know, and you want to know, wait, does this inform my view of a, of an historical event? Mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, then you could really explore that part. But if you're just dealing with it as a film, you don't need to know that part. Um, here's from, here's from Luke. I'll admit I didn't love the Fablemans, but all the while I'm watching it and thinking I don't like it, I still in an odd way enjoyed it and was glued to the screen to figure out how it was all going to work out. What causes that? I disliked it, but still wanted to watch till right. the end. And I think that right there may be a, a <laughs> lamp pick theme. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. You... yeah. Welcome. Welcome to lamp. <laughs> There's going to be a few movies like this uh, where you're studying it, you're watching it and you're thinking, what the heck? Um, yeah. I, I'm blaming Brian's cell phone for that. It's probably mine, but I'm blaming Brian's. Um, I'm on do not disturb. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let's see, see if it's my fault. Uh, what causes that is a well-told story is what, cause, is what causes that. Yeah. Uh, Real so, human characters. Yeah. For the same reason you can't look away when your friend does something really stupid. Or yeah. Real, going real humanity. And if you, the, the thing that makes you not care and not interested is when you have no sympathy and no connection to the protagonist. So you cannot like the film because the film is not a back rub the film is not a pleasant experience for you it is not a bag of doritos for you it is not just coddling to you the viewer so the film is not only pursuing your entertainment the film is pursuing uh this narrative of this boy 
And it makes you like that boy and interested in that boy. And it's that like and interest and sympathy to your protagonist that carries you through experiences that you are not meant to like. Mm-hmm. You're not meant to like those experiences. He didn't like those experiences. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're riding along vicariously through something afterwards and you can say, I didn't like that. Yeah. As I didn't like the fact that my mom was horrible. I didn't like the fact. Yeah. That she did this or that or the other and thing. And then my dad was helpless. You yeah, know, watching that, was, that situation yeah. with Sammy being, why is, why is Mitzi being like this and why is Bert helpless? I think is the yeah. question that everybody's trying to wrestle with. Yeah. And there's a huge amount of truth and honesty in this film about interpersonal relationships and about yeah. how weakness in a man works and so on. Yeah. So, and this is a, this is a side note, but one of the, one of the key tells here is when Rogan's character well, backing up, you have Uncle Benny. Yeah, we've got Uncle Benny. We've got the father character who is weak mm-hmm. and being really, really understanding. Yeah. And so you think about the paper plates and never doing dishes and like we're just grabbing the tablecloth and throwing it all in the trash. You know, and like he explains it when people say, and he's why trying, are we doing why this? are we doing this? And he's like, just like bear with my wife. We're being super sympathetic. Then we move uh, to her practicing to play and she's, her nails are clacking mm-hmm. when her nails are clacking on the piano keys, you have him saying, it'll be fine. It'll be great. I support you. He's been very supportive and nice. And while, uh, you know, it's like, while our mother character believes her attraction to Benny is cause he's funny and he makes her laugh. Mm-hmm. He's actually the one who forces her to cut her nails. Mm. Like he, he actually like, takes control yeah. and is like, nope, we're cutting this. This is ridiculous. While her husband is, is soft and helpless. He is not like he is a dork in so many ways. Yeah. He's a goofball in so many ways, but that right there, that commentary on attraction and dependency. Yeah. Like why is she dependent on Benny? It's because she's looking to be controlled. She needs she She's needs like leadership. She needs to be under. Yeah. She yeah. is failing to control herself. She can't control herself. She's not comfortable with being unable to control herself. She needs someone, not just who makes her laugh, quote unquote, but who actually controls her. Mm-hmm. So she feels lost and chaotic. Um, yeah. And, and down to the level of their moves, which really define yeah. each yep. part of the movie, you know, and the unfair, Arizona. the unfairness here is kind of amazing because when her husband's making a decision and going, she's totally resentful and against it. And when Benny's doing something, she's submissive. And yeah. so it's not like it's not like the film is justifying her actions, but it is exploring the the actual humanity of of this behavior. Totally. And and by the time Bert finally moves him to California, which yeah. is what he should have done for his own yeah. vision and drive, because he's yep. a genius. By the time he did that, it was too late. And yeah. he already quit on every other. And if he'd done it sooner, it would have been too late sooner. Yeah. It was like, I mean, it just, it's not like he yeah. waited too long. It's just that he took strong action and all of her loyalties were not with him and never had been. Yeah. So. Yeah. Any other, what, are, what are the other questions? What are the best questions before I just. Um, a lot of questions about Sammy's girlfriend, Monica. Yeah. Um, is that a poke? At, just a lot of people saying, is that a poke at Christians? Is it, Yeah, is, I think it is. But I think it is not in the story. I think it is in reality. I think when Christians are like that, it's a poke at Christians. But in and the there story. Are, there are Christians who are like yeah. that. Yeah. In the story, if this is a coming of age story, I think Monica is the perfect example of baby childhood 
and yeah. he needs to be an adult. And so he proposes to her because he wants to get out of baby childhood. And she's like, what? You know? Yeah. And, and that, that awesome moment where she says, you know, he says, are, are you planning to break up with me? And she's like, well, yeah, eventually. You yeah. know, but not right now at prom. Right, like this, not right now. Not later, a, when I prom. when I go to Texas A and M or wherever. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that moment of just seeing <laughs> his babyhood just come to <laughs> clashing reality with adulthood, and him him realizing how badly he messed it up. Um, yeah, how badly he yeah. misunderstood that this was just stupidity. Yeah, this is just childhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that that's most of the questions, and then application questions. What do we do with our own what children who are artists? But I think fundamentally the people feel the pull between mom and dad and how Sammy is supposed to interact and follow his life between them. Um, but for me, where the movie really got going is right when Uncle Boris stated the theme. Right. Yeah. So the movie gets on, you're uncomfortable, yep. you feel the family, family. You're kind of interested in how he's making movies. But that moment when circus trainer Uncle Boris shows up, is rude where everyone else has been weirdly polite and then tells you about how art. What, you've never grieved before? Yeah. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. He's my Sticking favorite. in your mouth on the lion's head. Yeah. That's balls, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> yes. but, but sticking it, not getting a bit off, that's art. You know, yeah. those, that kind of distinction was, was very fun. No, he was, he's my favorite character for sure. And, and so bizarre, but also the one that, of course, you know, it's like the mom had been warned about. She'd had the omen, like, don't, like, he is, he is the end. Like, his arrival is the end, uh, and it does tip everything. So, there's all that foreboding of his arrival. But him ripping his shirt and sleeping on the floor and all that, it's just, yeah. it's fantastic. Here's the, probably um, the last question for you. Yeah. How come the mom is so hard to watch? That's from a few people that I talked to, just almost could not make it watching Mitzi. Like, Mitzi was just... That helicopter of, yeah, I can't watch that. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> and yet, and how many people are like that? How many, yeah. how many people are unwatchable if you just focus like, what on she's that. struggling with? So, um, I think jumping in, if you, if we break the film down, if you say, okay, what is this movie about? Like, what's the movie doing? What's it about? It's this is a debate film. And so, there are movies that are like, the story of, you know, think other Spielberg films, Saving Private Ryan or whatever. Mm -hmm. There are themes and there's discussions, there's other things like that, but it's overwhelmingly this propulsion of there's a brother whose brother's died and we're trying to get to him and you better invent a better light bulb because we all just died for you. And so there is a discussion around which life is more valuable, like who's mm -hmm. like these guys dying for that guy, you know, yeah. and, and so on in a movie like Saving Private Ryan. But in this one, it comes down to the debate. It is a debate. The whole thing yeah. is a debate. And, and mom, Mitzi, Mitzi and Bert both stake their claim and they both debate over whether, you know, young fictionalized Steven is like them. And yeah. so mom is saying, you're just like me. Mm -hmm. And dad is saying, you're just like me. And Dad has seen how um, young little young. I'm going to keep calling him young little Steven, but young little Steven is created. Sammy, you don't like Sammy. Well, you know, it's like people know who it is. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, little Sammy, Sammy. Fine and within the art, <laughs> Sammy. Um, when he was poking like pinpricks in the film, and he was solving problems, and he was 
approaching his his filmmaking as an inventor, as an engineer, as a problem solver. Like his father. And his dad is like, oh, like that was brilliant. His dad was blown away by how the gunfire looked real in this high school movie and was stunned that, you know, how his son had done that and then immediately stakes his claim. Like, you are like me. And Mitzi is saying, you're just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, He's got to do his art. Yeah. You know? And you're just like me. You got to, you, and she represents the, basically think of the film trailer. If you watch the trailer ever, it's all about follow your dreams and follow your heart and all this stuff. Like, mm, it's not what this movie is. There's one, there's one character who espouses that approach. She says, follow your heart. Yeah. You know, you have to, yeah. you have to follow your feels. Wherever your art takes you. Yeah. You Bert go. is saying, you actually want to be analytical and you want to be systematized. You want to be reasonable. You want to be, you know, mm. doing all these things. But he's also really, really weirdly soft and understanding of the follow your heart stuff. So he kind of like, while, while he thinks he has his approach, he believes the lie of Mitzi that this is how art should be approached. Mm-hmm. So he's bought into that lie. He's submitting himself to that lie mm-hmm. uh, as far as Mitzi's concerned when it comes to art. But the debate is which of them, like which of them is little Sammy. And that goes back and forth until Uncle Boris arrives. Then Uncle Boris just lays it out there. And he like declares with, you know, sort of finality, which one Sammy is. Yeah. And that terrifies and horrifies Sammy. Yeah. So Sammy is like Oedipus, you know, where he's got all these you know, this horrifying prophecy, this destiny and everybody's saying you're this, you're going to be this way. And you think that it's hard for you to watch Mitzi. Imagine if she's your mom. Yeah. You know, like right. that's, it's even more uncomfortable as you're trying to, trying to deal with it. So he's, ha- he's had Bo- uncle Boris show up and just declare to him uh, authoritatively that you are. Yeah. Artists. Family art. Yeah. They'll tear you apart. Tear you apart. And that's the, you <laughs> know. That scares Sammy. And yeah. then he pinches his face so hard. Yeah. And he's just, so it's, it's, he's so aggressive and he's so violent and he's so uh, crazy. And he, he declares the inevitability of this destroying you. The, the only choice is destruction. Mm-hmm. And so I think that he shows up and, and presents to Sammy the absolute need of choosing a dominant paradigm. Like, which one will he be? Hmm. You know, which, which one? You're not going to be both, as he's just saying, just going to rip you apart. And Sammy's watching his family get ripped apart. Like, he's, he's there watching it. So, yeah. he's watching Boris talk about, you know, his mom and his own family be destroyed. And Boris is declaring that this is going to happen to Sammy, too. Sammy's going to do the same thing. The thing that's cool there is that he then equates it, he equates art and chasing your dreams with joining the circus. Yeah. I love which that. is, which is saying chaos, like chaos. You can, you go join the circus like he did. He, he thinks he's an artist because he joined the circus. It's like, yeah. Really? The lion, <laughs> you know, the lion like, tamer. Yeah. Artist. You and me, Sammy. Yeah. Um, you and me. Like I'm crazy. I ran away. I joined the circus and that's what you are yeah. um, as well. And he lays that down, he declares it, and then Sammy is is trying to navigate life in a way that makes that not the case. Like he resents it, he hates it, he resents his mom for doing this this exact thing that Boris is describing, and so on. It's not an accident that later Mitzi buys a monkey, even representing the circus and bringing the circus into uh, yeah. the family. So 
Sammy's sitting here and there's art, circus, chaos on one side. And then there's engineering, passivity on the other. And you see the thing that's really key here is you see Bert's passivity in high relief. And you see Sammy struggle with that passivity too. I'll get the monkey vaccinated. You know, yeah. that moment of He's, Sammy being like. Yeah, it's this passivity, but also how long it takes him to lash out at his mom. Yeah. You know, it's like when he finally does lash out at his mom, it's hated. It's, you know, it's, uh, he resents it even in himself and he ends up. And so we see this really highlighted near the end when mom is leaving, it ends up with him becoming completely divorced and removed from his own life where he's filming it. And so he's seeing the scene and we see him, yeah, you know, doing a tracking shot that his mom is. Yeah. And so he's doing a tracking shot on this, what should be a really tragic moment. He's failing to feel it at all. And so while uncle Boris has been like, it's going to tear you apart. It's going to rip you apart. He's actually gone into this weird place of almost a disembodied, not torn apart. Hmm. It can't touch him. His sister comes in and yells at him and like rants at him. And he's like, sits there and just receives it. And is like, would you watch this film before I show it to the high school? And she does like, he's, I thought that was a moment of him doing the right thing. Yeah. Because rather than birding off by himself, you know, with yeah. his film, he finally does what his dad should have done and is like, I get it, but come along yeah. with like that. It's actually, moment, no, I think he is doing the right thing, but yeah. he's also, he's, what he's not doing is anything Boris said. Okay. So you look at what Boris said and how it's going to tear you apart and all this stuff. And he's not having, he's not, he's not letting yeah. that happen. And so you see his disassociation from the feels, the horrible feels mm-hmm. of this, which is, he's getting that from Bert, that disassociation. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of channeling it as a protection, but then he's still moving forward, like moving forward with aggression. So he's, he's walking this tightrope. He's in the circus himself, walking this tightrope between the two, where he's not even reacting or being shattered or torn apart by his mother chasing her dreams and her folly. That thing that will destroy your family that Boris said, he's not being destroyed by it. Mm. Um, and it's a really, it's a really weird uh, discussion. So mom and dad are both arguing. Uncle, the uncle shows up and is saying, it's the circus and art. It's craziness. Follow your dreams. Mom continues to uh, represent this up to and including bringing a monkey in into the house, bringing the circus in dad remains passive and analytical because he's bought into mom's lie. Mm. And so because he's doing it a different way, but he is subordinating himself to that. She has to follow her passion. She has to, she can't do it. She can't, she can't overcome her feels and she can't overcome her feels. The thing that's the most despicable scene is when she says, I know how selfish this is. Yeah, uh, but, but I just have to. That's why I don't. That's why I don't understand. We had a, a few people who said, "Man, this had the worst family values I've ever seen." <laughs> and I think because they're watching, Jonathan, this is for you. I said, "You, you he, Jonathan, volunteered to be the bad guy for this." As he says, "This has terrible family values." I think you're misunderstanding what that Mitzi scene doing because you think that she's the one you're supposed to be imitating when very clearly she's. And if you watch the movie marketing that the marketers. Um, Put together and launched you would you might think that because the preview is all about like, believe your in yourself dream. and follow yep. your heart you yep. know but the fact is what does the movie itself say about people who just follow their heart yep. they just follow their heart and they follow their dreams what does it say about them 
if you just follow your feels, put it that way, you it's just awful. chase your feels. You ruin your family. You will destroy your family. You will destroy your relationships. You are the circus. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what this film says. And she says it. This is the most selfish thing I've yeah. ever done, but I have to do it. Because she's incapable of of controlling her feels. She has to be led uh, like a drunk driver. She just has to, she has to go high on her feels. And so there are two, the two key scenes with the mom are the one where she slaps him in the back. And then the one where she finally has that conversation with him right after he broke up with. And, and chasing the tornado when she. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. So maybe three. Chase the tornado, slap the back. And then, I'm so selfish, but I have to. Right. And um, do you think, are those all three a triptych of the mom's personality? Or do you think there's any growth in her character there? I mean, there was that weird scene. No, there's a, there's decay. Decay in the character. And so, there's there's movement. Yeah. Because the debate for Sammy is, which is he? Mm -hmm. And how will he govern his own feels and his own art? The debate for Mitzi is, can she actually control herself? Yeah. And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. And the debate for Bert is, can he control his wife? Can he man up? And the answer is no. For a long time, no. And then he makes the move. Mm -hmm. He makes the move without Benny. He he overrules his wife and the bone breaks and she leaves him. Right. But it was already yeah, you know, set. That yeah. was set. So the fact is those those different characters moving those different ways, this actually was stunningly truthful about family and about artists. Mm -hmm. So the if we if we move out of the film and move into, the, into real life. I have to say of creatives and artists, um, geniuses, creatives, artists, you know, anybody, anybody like that that falls in these categories, they're the worst. <laughs> like they're just the worst. I would know not being a genius. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, we, we all know they're the worst and anybody who is, uh, yeah. Make fun of the, the, the idea of the diva is. Yeah. And is so if you take, yeah. You take somebody who has a respectable job, just a good solid job. They, you know, they're working on a road crew. They run an excavator. They are a teacher in a classroom, whatever. You banker, insurance, just fill it in. They get up, they eat breakfast, they go to work, they do their job, they work hard, they go home. Then you come over to my life and you have, <laughs> you have chaos. You have the circus. Like there's always chaos and there's other jobs that do this too, but you have a certain amount of chaos to it. And the question is, do you foment that chaos? Do you bring order to that chaos? Do you resist it? Do you push against it? Like, do you overcome it? Be, but you can't get out of the rodeo. Or do you chase? chase do you chase the, it? The yeah. Tornado, do you, do you yeah. chase it and do you inflate it? Do you make it worse? Do you let it, do you let it destroy you? Do you let it destroy your family? Um, do you let it tear you all apart? Do you justify bad behavior because of your artistic impulses? Do you justify being a piss poor human mm -hmm. because, you know, piss poor father, yeah. husband, because you feel like writing right now, or you have, you have to do this. I have to go make this thing. I have to, to be true to yourself. I got to be true to this urge. I have to bark like a dog. And so I'm going to bark like Athletes a dog. Athletes too. Another yeah, crew so, that can do this. Yeah. And so whenever it is, your work is an as an expression of yourself and is, is conflated with your identity. And so I think the, the danger is whenever your vocation and yourself become 
like just combined one thing, then it's easy to buy into that and just to be awful, just to be the worst, to be thin skinned, to be self-obsessed, to, you know, to just serve your impulses and chase whatever, to flake on relationships and disappear on responsibilities because you have your art. You have to, you have to do this thing that is your self-expression. Anytime it's self-expression, then it's, you know, I think it's really, really dangerous. And so somebody like Spielberg coming into art and feeling the need to make, and it actually, his art becomes the way he can communicate. It's the way he can face hard things. Mm-hmm. So his art is how he isn't burnt because he's able to cut the film for his mom and communicate to his mom in the closet yeah. via the film. He can't, he can't find the nerve yeah. to tell her with his words. He can communicate. He has the strength of, of will and the nerve to communicate via his art. Then he does that, you know, repeatedly starts falling back to it. And that's back to the coping mechanism when his mom's blowing the family up and he's immediately shooting the scene. Yeah. Uh, he's using art as, as a way of processing and coping. Well, and at the end, at the end, he does communicate with his dad. He's able as the artist to justify what he's doing to his dad. And, and he is, he is his dad. Right. He's arrived at, he's his dad doing art. Yeah. And, and and this is the question I have, because one question we didn't get to is why the heck is John Ford in there? Because that's real. That's what I, (laughs) that's what I figured. But then I also looking for a narrative reason too. John Ford gives him analytical advice. Mm-hmm. about the horizon line it's not some feeling go follow it john ford's like hey here's the rule horizon here here not here yep. it's boring yeah john ford <laughs> shows up and the thing that's really great about it and the way spielberg uses that scene which happened but he uses that scene because ford comes in in an eye patch with a lipstick with lipstick on his cheek <laughs> <laughs> like he comes in obviously spawn of the circus he yeah. is the he is very uh boris here he's yeah. lost an eye he's this salty crazy dude yeah <laughs> and he's uh he's here with the lipstick and the eye patch and then instead of doing the circus advice of follow your heart or anything else it's like look at these two pictures <laughs> yeah like not boring not boring everything else is boring <laughs> like these yeah. this is the rule with the horizon line yeah and then we break the fourth wall as Sammy's walking out and Spielberg reframes the image. Um, mm, okay. He, so, which is a great okay, breaking I, I of the fourth I, wall. I don't think I picked up on that. I should have. So, as he's leaving, he's on the soundstage. The shot is framed incorrectly as he's walking away and then he adjusts it to what Ford said. Oh, because it was boring. Yeah. So, you're watching Sammy taking that analytical advice. Yeah. And basically becoming it. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, it's a great misdirect at the end where he comes in looking like the circus and then gives the analytical Bert yeah. advice. And then of course that, and then he goes home, talks to his dad and talks to his dad about, you know, yeah. and his dad, I think finally is able to communicate with him. Hey, you and me are not splitting up. Yeah. You know, we've been too far in the story together. Yep. To, I think that's the line. Basically, again, Boris is wrong. This isn't going to destroy us. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't, you're not going to tear us apart yeah. like, like your mom did. I don't think people get that about no. this movie. No, that's one of the reasons why I picked it is because <laughs> the complexity of the discussion and where it goes and what it says and what it arrives at it is, this is a condemnation of follow your heart. This is an 
No, no one's going to get it. It's, it's going to win an Oscar and yeah. they're going to miss it. They're going to be like, this yeah. is a great Follow Your Heart movie. I don't get the last third. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I hope it wins an Oscar. It's like every now and then a really good movie wins the Academy Award and it's exciting. Um, but you, you look at this and you think of this discussion, the fact that it's debating this at all, that this topic is even being debated of whether, should you follow your heart? Is it all about self-expression or should you not? And various characters coming along and either saying with their words or representing with their actions, or then the film finally decides and resolves the issue. If you just follow your heart and follow your feels, you will self-destruct and you will destroy everyone around you. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and pursue it. Yeah, you're an artist, but pursue it like you're Bert. Yeah. Approach your art like you're an like like you're an analytical engineer, like you're actually really thinking through things and solving problems and communicating yeah. uh, with technique. Um, you're not just sticking your head in the lion's mouth just to get the feels, just to feel that intensely. And that's a huge part of a huge part of creators. A lot of people, uh, there are a lot of creators who are just exhibitionists. They're trying to infuse themselves so deeply into their art that if you don't care for it, you don't like it, you don't like them, you don't, you know, you yeah. just, you can't send them as individuals. My yeah. wife did say that of notes from the Tilted World though. <laughs> when I turned that in, she's like, well, people don't like this one. They just don't like you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fair enough. And I was like, well, I do feel like I just streaked through a mega church. Like I just <laughs> threw the doors open and sprinted through and out the other side. And that's because that one really was different than what I had done before. It's like, yeah. this is nonfiction and, you know, memoir based philosophy of religion, but it's, you know. Well, having taught freshman classes reading that book that is entirely true <laughs> i can i can you know three quarters of the way through the year when we read that book i was like i know which kids won't like this because yeah nate told them they needed to stop being mitzi <laughs> yeah and the the thing it's funny is i do that from a position of somebody who's an artist yeah and so i'm very much one of the reasons why i love this film so much is because i have walked a uh i have walked that that far more analytical road as an artist yeah meaning you know i don't read reviews i don't i'm not invested in i'm not invested in my ego and my in my work i'm you know i'm divorcing that completely this is not work as self-expression this comes back to uh this podcast it's work as food for a crowd yeah i'm cooking for a crowd like how do i cook for a crowd how do i affect these people how am i a ups driver just trying to give them a package. How do I just give them the experience? And that's one of the things that I think is so fantastic uh, in the little student films that you, that you see from Sammy is that he is not like really, really driven by his own burden to express. He is driven by a burden to communicate and deliver. Yeah. That and fantastic so, line with Logan. Yeah. When Logan, the really the like all American, yeah. you know, high school kid, when he says, um, you know, why'd you make me look like that? Why? You made me some kind of golden, like he, golden barely, God, whatever, yeah, yeah. he can barely say words. And Sammy says, I, I did it to make you like me for five minutes or to make my film better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just like, I needed a hero in my film. I already got the villain, the little anti-Semitic, yeah. uh, awful friend, you know, yeah. of the, of, and at that moment was so good of watching Sammy learn to communicate with his craft and seeing people really confused. He couldn't, he was, he was incapable of just doing a home video. It had to have a narrative and he had to have characters. Yeah. 
And so he he needed to get that narrative. And oh, what, funny note about what that. Logan is saying is you made it up. Like yeah. that's not what it was. It's like, well, kind of, but also not. Yeah. And what's funny is Spielberg said, you know, he tried to reshoot his his family videos or film kid videos, but he said he couldn't resist improving them. So if yeah. there was like scenes he needed to make yeah. better, he'd improve camera angles and stuff like that. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, they did. He did use just some old footage stuff. From yeah, he did use some, awesome. just some of his footage that he shot when he was a kid. And of course, if you talk to Spielberg, he's not going to tell you what you just said about the takeaway from this film. No. Because he says this is a film about the moment when a kid realizes that their parents are, are human as well. Yeah. And that's his description for this movie, which is a basic. Stop, full stop. Just boop yep. and walk off. Yep. Coming, yeah. of, coming of age story. But what is the art itself doing and what is it exploring and what is being judged? And, and this is one of those things where uh, the fruit of certain choices is accurately depicted. So one of the things that's the the worst uh, the worst trait of Hollywood is that we see a, a filmmaker plant a seed of a particular behavior or a particular vice and then give it a fictional fruit, give a character happiness when they would actually have despair, mm -hmm. um, that kind of a thing. So a, a storyteller, a novelist, or a filmmaker can catechize all your, all of our kids and all of America with falsehoods like that. Hey, if you chase if you your dreams, your heart, you chase yeah. your dreams, what happens? And then lie. If you chase if your you dreams, reject your parents' advice, things yeah. go well for you. <laughs> if you, if you just break all the rules and just dance, cause you just gotta, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, and we've seen it a hundred different times, a hundred different ways where people try to stop somebody like you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't behave this way. And they just got to express themselves. They just got to yeah. do it. And then, you know, the filmmaker delivers a falsehood. If you do this, there is happiness. If you yeah. do this, there is fulfillment. There yeah. is satisfaction. This film tells the truth. If you do this, if you just chase your feels, give in to your passions, and express yourself at all costs, what happens? Yeah. Like self-destruction, familial destruction. That was the one part. Total loss. If I can say that I felt like it was a weakness. I'll see if you think this is true. I thought the sister trying to justify why the mom left, where she comes in and says, yeah, that felt very top down, not part of the narrative of the sister saying, hey, imagine if you were married to someone who's so much smarter and Benny is just makes her laugh, you know? Yeah. That that felt to me like a placeholder sort of so that we don't quite judge Mitzi quite so. I would say there's two, there's two things to that. One is real characters do rationalize and try to find explanations. They try to make it fit. Yeah. When somebody just blew it up, they still try to find the explanation. And doing that, what she's doing is showing that she is of Bert's cloth. Hmm. You know, she's cut from that cloth. And so she's, she's trying to find. Okay. Yeah. You like, can track her. She does that a number of times. Yeah. She's trying to find that. That's um, the sister with the glasses. I can't Yeah. Remember. She's trying to find the cause and the explanation um, that will make it make sense to her. How do I make sense of this? Mm. Um, two though, is I do agree with you. And I think part of it is because we just don't see enough of her. Yeah. There are these the little sisters. tastes. We don't have enough sense of her reality for her to say something like that at that moment. So I, I do okay, agree with fair. you because. It's coming from a person we don't know well. Yeah. So it feels like a theme stated. Just. Yeah. It feels like is, wait, is this the filmmaker speaking? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I do think it's more a designation of her of like, which, you know, which side, which branch yeah. she's from. 
Yeah. Um, okay. But we don't we don't see enough of her earlier to justify to that. earn the theme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing, I, part of why I felt this film was so complete is just you could flip over every rock and see the other side of it, yep. like you know. And and I was just reminded after you talking about chaos. Um, it's not only Mitzi and Uncle Boris that talk about chaos because at the last scene with Logan, yep. where he finally bonds with him, Logan tries to give him a joint and and says, yep. you know, marijuana helps you see how out of control everything is. And you realize, and, and uh, Sammy says, no thanks, yeah. right? And I think that is saying Logan's doing the same crazy out of control stuff yep. and Sammy wants no part of yeah, that out of control, which is I, I kind of hadn't understood or hadn't connected why Logan's connected with chaos as well. You have to also realize that even in editing the beach day the way he did, he's bringing, he's taking control and he's asserting dominion over yeah. just a day at the beach. Yeah, and so he's ta he's always in the act of taking control, all the way back to when he's using it as a way to communicate that he knows. Yeah. to his mom that she's cheated. And that's probably, I love, I mean, critics talked about the scene where he's watching the movie on his hands yeah. and that association of, you know, control and film on your hands is a powerful one too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, that aspect where you can revisit the story and walk your way all the way through it, either through the lens of film or through the lens of the sisters or through the mom or the dad, that's yeah. how you know that it's a good and complex I, I would, movie. And here, here's the big thing. Now, jumping out of the movie, this film makes so much sense to me of why Spielberg is as good as he is. It's yeah. because he has, as a creator, he's found this balance where why is the same guy responsible for all these like massive cultural moments? You know, it's like, and I'm not just talking about like successful box office or things like that. I mean, massive cultural moments. The same guy has made all these things and it's because he approaches his uh, his films as uh, not as chaos and as self-expression, but as an opportunity to bring order like to chaos and to communicate to an audience in a way that's powerful and speaks. Yeah. And so whether you're talking about a Jurassic park or you're talking about saving private Ryan e. or ET Jaws, Indiana yeah. Jones. I mean, every single yeah. one, I mean, as I was looking through his backlist and I should have known, but I was like, wait, has he done anything that we don't know about? as like part of our cultural consciousness. <laughs> no, and even a film like Munich is just, whoa. I mean, it's, you watch that movie and there's, there's things about it that, you know, that I don't care for, but it's really powerful and it's really honest. And the thing that he does, not always, but the thing that he does really, really well is that he tries to be honest about the consequences of choices in character and where they actually mm. lead. Uh, and even in a popcorn movie. So where does pride lead? Um, he, he's very, very honest about it. Where does weakness and humility lead? Yeah. The trying to kill the big shark and thinking you can do it, Yeah, you know, and get at. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Jurassic Park is even more like right. all about pride and hubris and, and yeah. everything else. But it is, he's so good at just delivering an experience that to the audience while still contemplating all the themes and issues involved and you know and gen generally arriving at uh some pretty true um uh, pretty true conclusions not always but often and this one i think is it makes sense of him as a filmmaker that he has the circus in him he's got the chaos in him but he is 
lived a life and a professional life absolutely committed to bringing order to chaos, bringing control in that communication, uh, which I think we see, you know, the development of Spielberg here, young Spielberg. This is how he came to be as a storyteller. These ingredients and this war and this debate mm-hmm. between give in and chase your feelings. Yeah. And, and no, don't. Uh, and I think that he arrives at this tentative. There's a, there's a passivity that he deals with as his temptation and his art and his control enables him to even communicate there and to step up there so that he communicates, you know, very, in a very difficult way to his mother, but he also communicates verbally and without art to his dad at the end. So I think it's a really, really good film, a well-made film. Uh, and is the kind of thing that, you know, I wish that there were more directors who, who would just tackle things where they explore it and they look at the consequences and they tell the truth. And that's a lot to ask actually, I know of movies is people tell the truth, but in this case, uh, he does a fantastic job and he is in no way in no part of the film. Could you ever say he is endorsing Mitzi and what Mitzi did? And the follow your heart stuff. You, you cannot even begin to build a case for that. Although the marketers tried. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's an just down to the level of each line being fun. Yeah. Right. You know, when he, when, yep. when <laughs> I, his dad came in, Bert came in and asked young Steven, you know, can you make this movie? And he said, She's sad. Her mom just died. How is this supposed to help? Yeah. Like that moment of like the the conflict between grief or her saying yeah. guilt is a wasted emotion or, yeah. or Monica saying, you know, sometimes we can't fix things. All we can do is suffer. I don't know. There's just, everybody's making these big, big claims. Constantly. That contradict each other. Yep. And, it's a constant debate. And you got to watch Sammy figuring out, hey, which one's right. Which one's true. And, and really the only way to to know is to see the fruit yeah to see the consequences of those choices so watching monica the most untroubled person in the entire movie and a kind of a freak yeah right uh say all we can do is suffer you're supposed to say that's hilarious as (laughs) as sammy's sitting there with a black eye and a busted nose you know from yeah from the bullies all we can do is suffer yeah (laughs) that's from that chick yeah (laughs) from the spirit enter me chick That scene was incredible. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> he just wanted to kiss her. And so he's like, all right. No. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So, um, okay, there we go. That's Fableman's yeah. Lamp. We looked at that moving picture. Yeah. We'll pick uh, another one next episode. When do we have, yeah, when do we have to pick? Well, I think next week. Was we'll, I supposed to have let them know today? No, I don't think so. Uh, if we're going to pick next episode, will they have heard this before we pick? Hmm. Yeah, this comes out on Monday. Okay. Well, if you have uh, requests or suggestions, feel free to. Maybe we'll wait two weeks to do it. Fire them in. No, it's fine. I mean, we can we can even just say this on socials or whatever. Yeah. Send in your. I'll do that. Suggestions. I'll, I'll uh, send an email to the email subscribers. See if they have any suggestions too, because that'll be a quick way. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I've got a couple. I've got a little short list in my head that we could we could jump to, but uh, some of those looked bleak based on the ones you said. Did you steer away from some of the bleaker ones? Were you going to assign Munich? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can wait a minute before we do more Spielberg. <laughs> Munich's amazing in, in many I, ways. I've wanted to watch it and haven't. I mean, I, I have some huge 
Spielberg misses. As I was yeah. looking at this, I thought, uh oh, I have You're like Amistad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I uh, shouldn't tell Nate that I haven't seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this this next one we'll see. I th- I think that it will not it'll not be happy, happy joy joy. But well, but I wouldn't expect that. It'll from be you. a good it'll be a good film. Yeah. Uh in other news, New Line Cinema, new Lord of the Rings movies just announced. You know what? I'm so relieved. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's sar- sarcasm. That's known as sarcasm for for any of you who don't know me well. And then also Iger announced, what did he say? Man, it was another Zootopia, another Frozen, and another Toy Story. He's trying to go back to the well. So that's so important. I just turned my phone back on, which means that's it's probably fine. time to go. That's fine. I just thought it's hilarious to look at what the moves are. Spielberg's making this yeah. movie, something he's never done before and has wanted to tell his whole story. And yep. then everybody else. Hey, we're reheating yesterday's Krispy Kremes. You loved Krispy Kremes before. What if they were warm? What if we warmed them back up? <laughs> <laughs> the Alrighty. End. The end of Lamp 1. This has been SASP 104. I'm going to go take a bunch of phone calls. Hi, it's Brian Cole here, wanting to let you know how you can support the Stories Our Soul Food podcast. You can do that by checking out Canon Plus. Head over to mycanonplus.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the SASF podcast. We'll hopefully be seeing you at mycanonplus.com. <laughs>